Well, good morning. I want to say hello to everybody who's in the room, especially if you're a guest with us. Hello to all of you watching online and on television. For those of you in the room, would you give our online and television audience a big hand? Two weeks ago, we started this series entitled Finding Forgiveness, and uh, I know many of you are reading the Finding Forgiveness devotional that we've been going through, reading the life of Joseph. Also, there is a men's and women's addiction facility in the state of Mississippi who's also doing Finding Forgiveness with us. And so as you go through this study, please be praying for them as well. But two weeks ago, when we started this series, we all admitted that we've all been betrayed. Every one of us has been betrayed by somebody in some way, somebody has made a promise they did not keep, someone has done something to hurt us in some way. And while we admit that everybody's been betrayed, not everybody knows how to forgive. I told you last week that our bodies biologically were designed to forgive other people. There are psychologists all around the country right now who are atheists who are trying to help people forgive other people because of the toll that it takes on our body whether it's inflammation going up from resentment or it's our stress hormones going up from bitterness. Whenever we hold in forgiveness, uh, unforgiveness, when we hold that in and we hold in bitterness and resentment, it takes a toll on us physically, not just spiritually. So the question is, how do we do it? How do we forgive people? Especially when the betrayals have been so deep and so hard. And for some of us, we've been carrying them for so long. How do we do that? That's where we've been looking at the life of Joseph. Uh, We see his life in Genesis 37 through 50. Here's just a snapshot of some of the betrayals in Joseph's life. First of all, he lived with jealous siblings who wanted to kill him. Not only that, he was physically assaulted and abused by them. He was sold like property by them. And then whenever he made it to Egypt, he was falsely accused of things that he did not do. And then while in Egypt, he also was lied to by somebody that he helped and trusted. That sounds like a lot of betrayal to me. And you probably know the story. Joseph finds himself in prison. Pharaoh has a dream. Pharaoh does not know how to interpret the dream. But the cupbearer to Pharaoh, who was in prison with Joseph, said, I know somebody who can interpret this dream for you. And so he calls Joseph, and Joseph goes before Pharaoh, and Joseph interprets the dream. He says there's going to be seven years of abundance, and then there's going to be seven years of famine, and you need to prepare for the seven years of famine. So Pharaoh says, because God told you this, I want you to be in charge. And Joseph becomes second in command, if you will, uh, in Egypt, and he is managing the seven years of abundance, and now the seven years of famine have started, and they're two years into the famine. But the famine does not just hit Egypt, it also hits Canaan where all of Joseph's family lives. So Joseph's dad, Jacob, sends the 10 brothers who betrayed Joseph to Egypt to get food, to get supplies. And the scene that we come to in Genesis 45 is Joseph is standing there with those who work with him and his brothers are in front of him, but they don't recognize him. And in this moment, Joseph has all the power he needs to get all the revenge he wants. He could have said, you know, you threw me in a dry well, I'm going to throw you in a dry well. He could have said, because of what you did to me, I spent years in prison, I'm going to put you in prison for years, but that's not what happens. Instead, something completely different takes place. On week one, I told you that the first betrayal decision that we have to make is that when I've been betrayed, I can choose to allow myself to grieve. 
I can choose to allow myself to grieve. When you've been hurt by somebody, you have to give yourself space in order to grieve that hurt. And we should not try to hold in that grief or uh, make others feel shame for grieving when they've been betrayed. In verses 1 and 2 of Genesis 45, we read, Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. So he cried, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. Then notice verse 2, And he wept aloud. In this moment, Joseph broke. He wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Betrayal decision number one is I have to come to that place where I make that choice to let myself grieve. Betrayal decision number two in week two that we talked about was when I've been betrayed, I can choose to have an honest and healing conversation. An honest and healing conversation. And this is what we see in verses three and four. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. And then he asked, is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him for they were dismayed at his presence. They could not believe he was still alive. Verse four, so Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And I told you last week, when we've been betrayed, that has to lead to a conversation. We have to come to that place where we can have an honest and healing conversation. And for most of us, the road that we take is the road Joseph took. And that is to have the conversation with the person who has hurt you. And for most things in life, we can have that kind of conversation, especially when it's two Christians involved. But there are times in life, too, when the person who's betrayed you, either, number one, you can't have that conversation because they're no longer here, or you can't have that conversation because it's not safe for you to have that conversation. And that's where we have to lean on the people that God has placed in our life in community, But when we've been betrayed, it must lead us to a healing conversation. We need that. Today, I want to talk about betrayal decision number three. And betrayal decision number three is when I've been betrayed, I can choose to look for the redeeming work of God in my life. When I've been betrayed, I can make a choice to look for the redeeming work of God in my life. The redeeming work of God in our life is when God makes something beautiful out of something that has completely gone wrong. And one of the things that blows my mind about God is that he has the ability to bring something beautiful out of something that looks like it is completely devastating. And notice where Joseph is here though, as he's standing here with his brothers. He's standing in front of his brothers with all the years of thinking about what had happened to them. They know what they did. He knows what they did. He lived it. And as they stand there, they're standing there with all those thoughts about what happened all those years ago. And here's the thing. Joseph had every right to be bitter and resentful in this moment. In fact, if you go back three chapters to Genesis 42, 21, Joseph's brothers are recounting this story of that day they threw him in the pit and then sold him into slavery. And they say, they admitted, we saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. They remember that day because they heard him. They heard him fall down a long, dark, dry well. They heard him hit the bottom. Then not only did they put him in the pit, They pulled him out. And whenever they pulled him out, he pleaded for his life 
with them, they said. He pleaded for his life, and they still sold him into slavery and seemed to have no remorse in doing so at the time. The miracle is that Joseph chose not to be bitter. The miracle is that Joseph chose not to be resentful. Do you know what Hebrews 12.15 says? Hebrews 12.15 says, Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Many, many years before the writer of Hebrews penned those words, Joseph lived those words. He modeled those words for us. And to be bitter there means to live with this constant and consistent grief and distress on the inside because of what someone has done to you. But Joseph chose a different path. We see that path in verses 5 through 8. Genesis 45, verses 5 through 8. Joseph, speaking to his brothers, says, And now, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. My friends, that's a new perspective on what happened to Joseph. Joseph comes to this place where he looks at his brothers. Again, every right to be bitter and angry at them. But instead, he looks at his brothers and he says, you may have sold me here, but God sent me here. In this moment, Joseph made a choice. And that choice was to see the hand of God moving through his life instead of to focus on the evil hands of his brothers. Listen, we could spend our lives We could spend our lives pointing out what evil hearts and evil hands have done to us. And here's the thing. We would be completely justified in doing so. Completely justified. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a whole lot of people in the world who choose to not love others. And when you choose to not love others, you do a lot of damage. And there's a lot of pain that goes with that. You've experienced it, and I've experienced it. And we could spend our lives pointing out how other people have wronged us. But do you remember what Hebrews 12, 15 says? Watch out. That no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble who? You. You. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. The word trouble there ranges from simple annoyance to serious affliction. This bitterness can lead us to live with this st- in a state of mild, constant annoyance. Or it can lead us to live in this state of serious affliction in our own mind and heart because of what someone else has done to us. But, again, Hebrews says, make sure... You do not let that grow up and trouble you. You see, your bitterness does not necessarily cause annoyance or affliction in another person. That's the problem with bitterness. Bitterness hurts the one who has been wronged. That's the problem. And so the question we have to ask ourselves is this. Is how do we get past our justified bitterness? Not just petty bitterness, No, no, no. How do we get past our justified 
bitterness. Bitterness and resentment that we have that we're completely justified for. What do we do with that? Well, last week I told you that God did not design you to find healing on your own. And he didn't. Let me ask it again. Do you know what Hebrews 12, 15 says? Let's read the whole verse this time. Hebrews 12, 15. Look after each other. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out, meaning for each other, that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. This verse tells us a couple of things, and one of the things that it tells us that I and you, we, can receive the grace of God we need to kill the bitterness and all the bitter feelings that we have. But it's going to take God's grace at work in our life. And it's going to take God's grace at work in our life, and it's going to take that grace being compounded through community. But we can do it. We actually don't have to live with bitterness. And the grace of God is all sufficient to take care of that bitterness and not let it grow in our lives. This verse also tells us that with the help of others, that we can avoid the corrupting power of bitterness. Because that's exactly what bitterness does. It not, but it not only hurts us, it also hurts all those other relationships that we have. And if you don't deal with your own bitterness, it's going to corrupt you and it's going to corrupt the relationships you try to have because it cannot be hidden. It cannot be hidden. And please hear me. What happened in your betrayal story? It was not right. And it was not good. I would even go so far as to say it wasn't necessarily meant to be. It was not a part of God's desired plan. But that does not mean that God cannot take what happened in your past and turn it into good for your future. There are two points I want to make here. You see, what we do for each other in community, what we do for each other in relationships is we help each other have a healthy perspective about life. We help each other have a healthy perspective about life. You know, if you only have friends who just always agree with you, you really don't have friends. Or at least you don't have honest ones. But what we do for each other, when we love each other enough to say hard things to each other, to be honest with each other, is we, what we do for each other is we come alongside one another, we link arms and we say, you know, maybe, maybe how you're thinking about what has happened in your past, maybe how you view what has happened in your past, maybe you could think about that a different way. Because what we do for each other is this, is we help each other realize that I cannot change what happened but I can change how I view what happened. Some of you carry heavy betrayals in life. I carry my own. And I can't fix yours. I can't fix mine. Meaning I can't go back in time and change it. I don't know if you know this or not, but I don't have a magic wand. I don't know if you know this or not, but you don't have a time machine. We can't change what happened in our past, but we can change how we view what happened in our past. 
That's why as you get to the end of Genesis, Joseph again has this conversation with his brothers and in this famous verse that we just sang a song about in Genesis 50, 20, Joseph looks at his brothers again and says, you intended to harm me. That was your intention. But God intended it all for good. He would go on to say, he brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. You see, Joseph came to this place in his life where he could say to his brothers, yes, you intended to harm me. It was not good. It was evil. But God is greater. God took what you intended and used every bit of it for good. And I love that word intended there in Genesis 50, 20. The word intended in Genesis 50, 20, that Hebrew word hashav means to weave together. To weave together. That's why one person posed this question. How much grander is the work of our Heavenly Father as he pulls together all the varied strands of life to reveal his grand design? You see, I do not believe for one second that God is the author of evil. Not for one second. I don't care what theologian you read. I do not believe for one second that God is the author of evil. What I do believe is that God is the only one who can weave a beautiful story. He can weave a beautiful tapestry out of all the varied strands of our life, and he can bring it all together into something absolutely beautiful. See, you and I, we cannot change our past, but we can change how we view our past. And what that will lead us to is this, is that when I change how I view my past, it changes how I live into the future. When you can change how you view your past with the grace of God in your life, it will completely change how you live into the future. God has this kind of mind-blowing peace. The Bible calls it the peace that surpasses all understanding. It's this mind-blowing, soul-calming peace that we can't get anywhere on this earth, but God can give it. And whenever we receive this kind of peace from him, and we come to peace with our past, that's when we can actually move forward. But if we don't come to that place where we can have peace with our past and see God's hand at work through all the brokenness that we've experienced, it could completely derail our future. I've watched many people's lives just being lived and that being destroyed. It's like a slow train wreck happening that nobody can stop. But it's all because they cannot find peace with their past or peace with the people in their past. They can't do it. But we got to get to that place like Joseph in Genesis 50, 20. Yes, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. And the result of this is that many people's lives are gonna be saved. You see, if Joseph would have chose to walk the road of justified bitterness, oh, it's justified. If Joseph would have chosen to walk the road of justified bitterness, not only would it have wrecked his life, but it would have derailed the plan for a whole nation. And that is the nation of Israel. You see, all, all along, God was working out his plan. Joseph understood something in his day, at least in part, that many times we forget. You see, Joseph would have remembered the promises that were made to his family. Joseph would have remembered that his great-grandfather, Abraham, was given a promise by God. We see it in Genesis 15, verses 13 through 16. God says to Abram, then the Lord said to him, know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. 
However, you will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, notice, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. You see, God always has a bigger plan. God's plan's always much bigger than what you and I could ever think of or what you and I could fathom. God was preparing a land for Israel. The problem was it was full of Amorites and they were not big enough to take it yet. And so this detour that Israel takes into Egypt when all of Joseph's families come and then we see the years of slavery, in one sense, it was a way of protecting them from the Amorites. It was as if God looked down through the channels of time and he knew what Joseph would go through and he said, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use him. And although Joseph would go through this short time of betrayal, it seems long to us, but, but it was a short time of betrayal in the scope of eternity. God said, I'm gonna turn that into one of the greatest blessings the world has ever seen. That's why Joseph could come to that place where he says, you intended it for evil, but God meant it for good. Or in Genesis 45, 7 today, and God sent me here before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. That's the conclusion Joseph came to. That no, it was not right. Yes, it was painful. But God has a way of working through all of that and bringing something beautiful out on the other side. Not just for me. It wasn't just for Joseph. It was for the entire nation. And Joseph would not only save the lives of many people in his day, but through his story and through his people would come the Messiah who would then save anyone who would dare follow him. You see, because Joseph chose to see the redeeming work of God in his life, his perspective on his life and what he went through changed. Instead of just looking at what his brothers did to him or what the cupbearer did to him or what Potiphar's wife did to him, instead of just focusing on that, on their hands, their hearts, he saw God's hand at work in powerful ways and this redemptive new chapter began in his life. And let me tell you, this is how God works. This is how God works. Just because sin has entered this world and just because sin takes a toll on all of us and all of our relationships, God looks at those problems that we see and he says, I'm gonna turn that into a blessing. God has this amazing ability to flip everything around for us. You just think about the storyline of the Bible. God allowed Moses to be raised in a foreign palace so that he could be used in a desert among his people. But then it was Joseph who was thrown in an empty well in the desert so he could be used in the palace. David was allowed to be a shepherd so that he could become a king. Solomon was allowed to be king so that he could be the shepherd of wisdom. It was Jeremiah who would weep so that generations could come behind him and read his prophetic words and then rejoice. It was Peter who was allowed to deny Christ three times before the crucifixion so that God could use him in bringing 3,000 people into the church on the day of Pentecost. It was Paul who was put in prison so that he could write letters about what it truly means to be free. It was Jesus who was bound on a cross so that he could set the captives free. Do you see how God works? 
And this is how God works in your life. This is how God works in my life. Yes, there are things that happen. And yes, people intend evil. And then God can bring good and beautiful things out of it. Because what looks like a curse from the perspective of earth has the greatest potential to be a blessing from the perspective of heaven. Every single time. Every single time. And when we experience betrayal in life, God has a way of walking up and knocking on the door of our heart and asking, can I use that? Will you let me use that? Matter of fact, Psalm 23 says, the goodness of God follows you all the days of your life. My friend, sometimes it catches up. And sometimes you get to see it. Sometimes you get a glimpse and you get to see in that moment that yes, someone intended that for evil, but I can see now how God turned it for good. And actually, that's what I want to pray for this morning. I want us to have that kind of prayer where we say, God, would you help me? Would you help me have a heart that trusts you and trust in your redeeming work so that I can know that my betrayal story is not the end of my story? And Lord, would you help me? Would you help me see a victory? Yes, I was a victim, but I want to see a victory. God, would you help me with all the pain that I've gone through and whatever relationship it was, would you help me turn that pain into praise? Would you help me see the purpose of that pain? Lord, can I get a glimpse of your glory? Can I get a glimpse of your goodness? I want to be like Joseph. I want to come to that place in my life where, yes, I can look back, and yes, I can see all the bad. Yes, I can see all the evil, but more than that, I can see your hand moving. I want us to pray that kind of prayer this morning. I want us to pray that kind of prayer that can be honest before the Lord, as we've said is so necessary. To be honest with the Lord that, yeah, the pain is there, but I want to see your goodness, and I want you, if you will, by your grace, turn that into praise because I see how you words. Amen. If you would please stand to your feet. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come down and go ahead and get in place. And I know lunch is coming. I know we want to beat the Baptist to the buffet. I get it. I get it. But, but could we just pause for a moment? Just a moment. And let's just pray. If you would bow your head. Let's just ask the Lord. Say, God, would you help me see a victory? Yes, I carry the pain. Yes, I carry the hurt. But I want your goodness to catch up with me today. I want to see the good that you are working through all that I went through and the pain that I have been carrying. Lord, Lord, you make promise after promise for us. No weapon formed against us will prosper. You work all things together for good. You'll never leave us nor forsake us. So Lord, we come in this moment and we ask for your goodness to catch up. That we may see a glimpse of glory. 
we may see your goodness weaving together something we could have never done on our own. So Lord, would you meet us in this moment as maybe we pray in our seats, as we come down and have someone partner with us in prayer, as we lift our voices. Lord, would you help us see a victory that we could never achieve on our own. Come, Holy Spirit.